the show where we don't just report on fringe science spirituality and claims of the paranormal but take part ourselves yep when they make the claims we show up so you don't have to i'm ross blotcher and i'm carrie poppy and ross was just waving at me hey carrie hey. how's it going pretty good how are you a little tired i'll be honest with you you're doing better than you were when we first came back from rhythmia you were really <laughs> tired then oh yeah yeah it was exhausting yeah that, that's a hard working vacation yeah definitely so we last left people with you having eaten a wonderful dinner. Oh, had a great dinner, had a great chat, went back to my apartment, room 69, <laughs> 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 and tried to go to sleep. And Ross, I know you had a tough night, but I had trouble falling asleep. Oh, that's awful. Yeah, I wrote it in my notes. Yeah, tell me more about that. Well, I wanted to sleep, but my body wasn't really ready to sleep. And yeah. so, you know, I laid there and I was like, oh, I'd like to sleep. What does it feel like to be tired? You know, this mm -hmm, is what I always ask mm -hmm. myself. What does it feel like to be sleepy? Feel the sleepy feeling. Sometimes that works. Okay. Yeah. But that it wasn't, it wasn't happening. And just I just laid asleep. there and laid there. And anyway, I'm really the victim of this whole experience. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it was a good show. Thank you. <laughs> so I went back to the flight deck. Oh, right. Okay. I forgot that term, but I was reminded of that term in, in a that Vox, Vox article, article that everyone's been sending us. Yes, because, by Sean. Yeah, Sean Illing. We haven't mentioned him yet, but he was there with us. People said, this is amazing. It sounds like he went to the same place you did. And we're like, yes, he, he did. Yes, because he was sitting next to me on the second <laughs> night. So indeed, I... Entered in on the second night, remembered my token, ready to go, had a blue shirt on, still didn't have any white clothes, but, <laughs> but I think other people were running out of their white clothes, so we were more diverse at that point. And I wanted to pick a different spot. Okay. I wasn't wild the previous night about not being able to see the shaman Oh, okay. as yeah. he was preparing things, and so I thought, okay, I'm going to try to get in the central part of the eye. Makes sense. I then saw my buddy Matt who I really like, so I went to sit next to him. And then on my left, I noticed Sean. And we are using his real name. Yes. Because he has given us permission to use his real name. And I had met him earlier and found out that he is a writer for Vox. And he was here. I don't know if they also comped him to come and write about it, but we were meeting a few different writers. We'll talk about another one the following night. So we talked for a little bit. I asked him if it would be okay if I kept my notes between our two mattresses. Mm -hmm. So I had to put it somewhere and, you know, scribbled every now and then. He said, oh, no problem, man. And so he was going to be my ayahuasca partner All for right. the night. He and Matt were flanking me on either side. And yeah, got a good view this time of the shaman and nice. what the shaman's up to. They change out the shaman every night. Yeah. They change out the brew of ayahuasca. They changed so many things, Carrie. They changed me being there. Anyway, you should read Sean's article. Mm -hmm. Sean Illing, mm -hmm. I would assume is the pronunciation of his name, I-L-L-I-N-G. He wrote up a great description of kind of what he went through in these nights. And when he talks about night two, he mentions the woman to the right of him. But you can know that on the left side was me. <laughs> there you go. Another fun thing that happened later, I had been 
kind of wondering the first night because they opened the doors. I thought, what if those big locusts come in? Oh, right. That would have been cool. And that happened on the second night. Right after we took our ayahuasca cup and it was about to settle in, all of a sudden I heard one of those... They make a loud noise, yeah, like yeah. a small helicopter or something, and it landed on the glass of the window right above Sean's head. Oh, cool. And so he kind of bunched up his blanket and swatted it away, and it jumped over. Those things are hardy. You're not going to like, you know, yeah. smush it or anything. And so it jumped over a little ways, and you could hear it making its noises over there, and now it's someone else's thing Problem. to worry about. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there was also the dog that we had met. Oh, yeah. What's Akaya. Her? Akaya, that's it. And I can't remember if it was the second or... Third night, definitely the fourth. There was another dog as well. There were multiple dogs wandering around. So you'd hear them pitter-pattering as well. So uh, we had a little bit of the wildlife there. I think I only ever met Akaya at Rhythmia. Oh, okay. Yeah, there was a younger dog. Although we did go down to the beach at one point and I met a dog there. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. When did we do that? That was fun. Yeah, that was nice. I don't know when that was, (laughs) but we took a couple bikes down to the beach and saw some dogs. That was one of the nice things that you could do at Rhythmia is you could grab a, they had these beach bikes. Yeah. Very squeaky brakes. Yes. (coughs) Very, very, very. Sometimes I would. Okay. (laughs) <laughs> That's what it sounds like when you come to a stop. Sometimes I would be like, okay, I probably should use my front brakes, but the back brakes are not as noisy, so I'm going to break him back. <laughs> they let us just wander out, and the security guards at the front told us, yeah, head kind of that way, and then turn kind of that way, yeah. and you'll get you'll to the beach eventually. It. You're looking for a big expanse of water. But that worked. Like 15 minutes later, we were at the beach. We were there, and yeah. there were some beach dogs. Pretty cool. Collected some shells. Good story. Yep. People should know that's one thing that you can do at Rhythmia. It's true. Although you kind of have to, I mean, I almost said you kind of have to sneak away to do it, but I don't mean literally sneak, but you do have to to find a little piece of time. You're probably going to be skipping some programming because it's back to back here. Mm -hmm. They do have some things marked on the schedule as free time. But it's fairly short. I want to say it's like an hour, hour and a half, something like that. So back to the ceremony. The new shaman was, we'll call him Chad. Okay, sounds good. And uh, he was also a white man, but he had dark hair, and it had kind of like a, a crew cut going on. Mm. So it was weird, it was sort of like a military-style Yeah, not haircut. the look you expect. Right, he was very tan and had tattoos. I remember there were tattoos on his feet, which was interesting. Oh, okay. So Do you know like, what they were of? I don't remember. Just the word left and the word right. <laughs> In case he needs help remembering. Yeah, Yeah, I don't think that was, I probably would have remembered that. Because, you know, you can just remember that your left hand forms an L. Yes, that is helpful. And your right hand is the one that you put over your heart when you pledge allegiance. My way of remembering was which hand I threw the baseball with. That would be my right hand, so I'd mimic that motion. Ah, that's the right. Okay. He was pretty tall, definitely a tall guy and kind of thin, but muscly. Mm -hmm. Is that a word? Muscly? Mm -hmm. Muscular churcher. Yeah, yeah. He's a muscular guy, kind of sinewy, deeply lined face and sort of bright piercing eyes. Seemed like a a nice guy. He struck a much smaller profile, though, than our previous shaman, just that he wasn't wearing quite as much. Towel. Yeah, it it was very minimal in this case. And he was wearing shorts and he had those shells or beads, Mm -hmm. whatever they are. They were kind of slung bandolier style over each shoulder. So he also clinked when he walked. Did he <laughs> no. talk really slow? No, the, he he spoke softly. Okay. 
and he would carried a big stick. <laughs> uh, I was waiting for that. He would speak very quickly though, and it was almost like it reminded me of Elvis a little bit. You know, he'd huh. say something kind of like this. Oh, huh. And then it was sort of something like that. And they called us all together as they had in the previous night. And I was sitting in the same room. So I was on the far wall from him and a little farther away than everybody else who came to sit like on my mattress or around in the semicircle. And so I had a hard time hearing him from where I was. I bet. Because he was talking so softly. And then, <laughs> you know, especially if he oscillated toward the other side of the room, uh-huh. said something over there. Like people would start laughing at things he had said. I'd be like, oh, what did I miss? What did oh, I miss? And shoot. I'd ask the person next to me. He's like, I was going to ask you. I don't know. I don't know what he said. Uh, <laughs> so, Dang. Yeah, apparently very funny. I, I mean, occasionally <laughs> I hear him. And I think it was just that he was taking all of this with, you know, a little sense of humor. Mm-hmm. He, he wasn't being so sacred about right, it. Right, reverential. Yeah, he was willing to say, yeah, silly, lighthearted Casual things stuff. about what we were doing and how kind of silly we were in various situations. That's uh, fun. Yeah, yeah, that was fun. How old do you think he was? I would put him in his mid-30s. Okay. Probably about my age, yeah. Okay. Again, it's like I, they assume we haven't heard any of this. So. Oh, no. Yeah, we kind of go back into all the introductory information <sighs> about what you can expect and how every night is different. Can anyone just join at night too? Or <laughs> I suppose trying to think so. what the justification in their head might be if like somehow why we would someone need to cover this ground. One. Yeah. And the mandatory meeting. Right. I don't know. And the videos you watch beforehand and all the paperwork. But instead of like an hour and five minutes, it was more like forty five minutes. So it wasn't okay, it wasn't as long. Yeah. There, this was an improvement. He did tell us that he was going to have us line up male and female. So he's going to have separated lines for the men and the women. This will come up later. So we all go lay down and it's time to get our rapé. Oh, okay. Now, see, that makes sense that he separated them because now I remember when I passed by and took a picture of you that the men and women were separate. And I remember thinking like, oh, isn't that funny that that happened? Oh, realizing it was intentional. Accidental. Yeah, it was uh, enforced, you know, as much as anything is enforced. It was also really windy outside, which I'm sure you experienced. You know, I was in my bed just trying to sleep. Yeah, you were having a rough night. I was really, oh, it was rough, you guys. I was in my big... Big bed by myself. They didn't have an issue with women serving the rapé, though. So we lined up for our rapé, and Chad was kind of on the left, and we'll call her Sally, Mm -hmm. was a helper, and she was on the right in my area, in that central area. So I lined up in front of Sally, and she had, this time it was a curved pipe instead of the long one with the little right angle End. At the very end, Yeah, right. it's just the whole thing was curved. Oh, okay, and like a Ricola. <laughs> sure, but not... <laughs> not, uh, not quite that big. ...tapered or anything, <laughs> right. And uh, just as before, they tell you to kind of block off your throat so that yes. it doesn't go into your throat. Mm-hmm. And so you kind of contort your throat and neck and mm-hmm. everything into a position for that. And I think I just kind of overly blocked off all my airways Uh as she was doing it. And so I didn't get a really big hit from it. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I'd say of all the nights. that was even possible. Right. I'd say of all the nights, this was the most resistance I had to rapé because it just didn't feel like it distributed as far. Interesting. So I had a very brief buzz that kind of went away almost immediately. That stuff will hurt your head. Gave me a headache pretty fast. Stuff's intense. Yeah. So she gave that to me, went and sat down. Oh, one thing he did tell us was that he planned to close the ceremony between 12 and 1. And okay, I hey, was a plan. so excited. Yeah. yeah. Phew. Did it happen? 
Yeah, actually, I think we kind of got out on time. All I, right. I want to say it bled very close to one or a little past maybe, but okay. yeah, definitely. Whereas the first night was close to 10 hours, I mm-hmm. think this one was actually eight hours. Okay, better. It should be. We were starting at 5.30 again. Anyway, so eventually everyone had gotten their rapé. They called us up to go ahead and get our ayahuasca. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I get in a line of men and Chad serves the men. There's a line of women. Sally serves the women. And it was very similar to the previous night, except this time it was the house blend. But as far as I could tell, it looked and smelled and tasted pretty exactly much. Exactly the same. Not exactly, but, you know, in the same family, clearly, the earthy prune juice. He had been doing the same thing where, like, he smokes a cigarette and then he blows smoke over oh, okay. the ayahuasca. And it was kind of funny. They had it in a pitcher, like the pitcher that you get with water in it at a restaurant. Mm-hmm. So there's just this, yeah. It's a picture of ayahuasca, ayahuasca. and he's cool. blowing smoke on top of it. I wonder if he was doing that to protect it, because as you know, tobacco is very protecting. You know, I think we didn't mention that the second time we recorded about the first oh, night. Oh, okay. So I don't think, if I remember, we've told people that our first shaman was talking about how tobacco has protective, protective properties, qualities. and it's also, as you know, very cleansing. Cleansing, we I'm were both like, oh. not sure I knew that. Yeah, we both looked at each other. Oh, <laughs> I don't think that's right. I think you're pulling a fast I, one here. Yeah, I think you missed a very key element of the discussion about tobacco for the last, oh, 60 years. Because <laughs> as you know, tobacco is very cleansing. Hmm. No? <laughs> no? But that did make me think about L. Ron Hubbard. Oh. Because L. Ron Hubbard was like, you smoke more, you will get less diseases. Oh, really? Yeah, you don't remember that? I don't. Oh, yeah. I know the uh, Sea Org members certainly love to smoke. He said, I can't even remember the quote, but it was something like, absence of smoke makes you get cancer. Something like that. Okay. I'm paraphrasing. Another thing we didn't mention is that the shamans will make these whooshing noises as they're preparing the ayahuasca. Uh-huh. So they'll do a whoosh, whoosh, and as they're blowing on it and moving their hands around. Yeah, Kitty would do... This little blow onto her ayahuasca or onto my tincture that was more of like a... Yeah. Yeah. A lot of that sound as well. And as I was getting the rapé, Sally kind of made those noises, sort of blew on my forehead, and she put a hand on my forehead and a hand on the back of my neck. And then Chad, as I was drinking the ayahuasca, he was also making the... Wow. Huh. Must be a whole thing. I hope I'm doing that about right. I think that was kind of the sound. So you'd hear a lot of that throughout the night. It seems like that's something to explain. So he did. Okay. So it turns out that zwoosh sound that the shaman makes, tradition says that when we're born, that's what we hear. Oh, okay. I guess it's kind of stimulating a rebirth. Okay. And that's that sound we hear as we push out of our mom's... Birth canals. Birth canal. Whoosh. To the great house. Whoosh. Huh. Whoosh. I wonder then if you were birthed by cesarean section, what you hear. <laughs> Sounds a little closer to the Charlie Brown adult. Yeah. <laughs> so I thanked him for the ayahuasca and he said, bless you. Oh, so very nice. Went back, laid down, and my goal tonight, and he had mentioned we need to have our intention, set our intention. And all along that day, I'd been nervous about this going Mm. into the second night after the first one. And my intention was to just let go this time. Nice. I've done my exploring of the boundaries. And this time, just go with it. See what happens. Let go and let God. Exactly. So I laid down and 
you know, I, I think they tell you to kind of sit up for a while after you take your ayahuasca. And maybe I did for a little bit, but I felt like I laid down faster than I did the previous night. And this time the effect hit me really fast. Like oh. I would say within 15 minutes Whoa. instead of over an hour. Yeah. The first time it was very gradual. So there was just this glimmer of kind of panic. Oh, no, this isn't supposed to be happening already. But nope, nope. I'm just going to let it do what it's got to do. Right. Go toward the panic. Felt my heart racing maybe a little bit and a flush feeling in my body. So whereas the first night I had all these dead zones, it just felt like rushes of heat and warmth. Mm. In a good way? Except that it's unexpected and you don't know what it's going to do. So you're, you're a little worried about it. But yeah, it wasn't uncomfortable. And... They were playing music right away, which I appreciate. Nice. And it was... Oh, uh, no pond music? It was like ocean water sounds. Okay. And also foresty sounds oh, with birds that. and okay. stuff. Yeah, that was all really good. And the visions came on very quickly. And I'm picturing all these trees with branching branches and all this detail in the branches. Again, all of that rich detail comes in. Like the intro to Beauty and the Beast? <laughs> you're going through that forest the multi-plane camera yeah exactly and it's just revealing more and more forest yeah yeah okay. that's what i'm picturing again all very dark and locally lit in ayahuasca visions everything feels like there's a single bulb somewhere lighting it and oh, the light huh. doesn't stretch that far weird i think because it's all based on a, a black blank canvas and uh-huh. it's sort of producing light on top of that anyways so then i was also in the ocean and occasionally i'd kind of wander into the dirt and there'd be creepy crawly things and that was great that was all pretty pleasant oh this is nice i like this mm-hmm. and the the music was nice also during this period more complex images would arise Again, it would be where you're inside of a camera almost and you're looking at a scene and the space is very limited. You're kind of in an enclosed area. The camera's slightly moving. Objects are slightly moving, tilting away from you or towards you. And I remember one of the things I kept seeing was a series of masks and it was inside of like a almost storage area or something. And there would be these masks in the background and they'd be black, but they'd be lined with purple piping. Mm Mm-hmm. And again, kind of that alien style design okay. with long necks and there'd be tubes attached to these masks and the bodies they were on. Then I would see things in the foreground, like on the left hand side, there would be a series of buttons. They'd be glowing red and I would feel like, oh, I need to touch one of the buttons. And I would try to mentally choose, okay, I'm going to press that second one, mm-hmm. but nothing would happen. Uh-oh. So then I would try to reaching out my hand, like, well, does that work? Can I reach out mm. my physical hand? So I'd kind of jab that into the air. No, I can't touch them that way. Like elevator buttons or something? Yeah, like really large, red, slightly glowing elevator buttons. Okay. And sometimes they'd have sort of labels next to them, but that would be in the foreground and it would be nicely composed. So, you know, rule of thirds, it's taking up sort of the left third of my vision. So yeah, I'd be trying to interact with this thing and I couldn't choose whatever it was I was supposed to, but I'm just seeing all these kind of eerie masks in the background. Mm. What are all those? Do you think they're all the people... You put a mask on to be. So it took a while, but eventually the message I got from this was, you don't always have to make a choice. Oh. And that, I think, was kind of my first big ayahuasca-delivered message. Okay. There are situations where you just, you don't have to choose one thing or the other. Oh, yeah. Okay. You just sit and observe. It was me just in a situation that the vision was giving me, but it kind of led me to draw some 
life lesson out of right, it. Right, some interpretation. That's cool. Exactly. So that was one of the Does things I Does that feel like a good lesson for you, from you to you? I remember it felt profound at the time. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm always worried about choices I have to make and things I have to choose. And you know what? Sometimes it's probably just okay to recuse myself from them. Uh-huh. Yeah, let things just happen as they need to. So that was one of my big takeaways. I had some other kind of scenes like that, and I'm struggling to remember them now. But that was all in the pleasant period. But I think the music started changing, or maybe even the music turned off. Mm. I think there are audio hallucinations that will come in while you're doing this. I bet. And I thought there was music that was just kind of making soft, crackly noises and little shimmering noises. But I think that was just my mind interpolating that or, or adding that on top of silence. Oh, weird. Now that I look back on it, I think huh. silence is just really bad when you're in an ayahuasca trip and you're in this period where you just get totally inside your own head mm-hmm. and you're really cut off from the rest of the world. Now, how's time during all of this? Do you have a sense of how much time is going by? Oh, that's a good question. I, my rough answer would be no. Okay. Yeah, you kind of lose track of time for these episodes but this was sort of the equivalent of when I was face down the other night I started going into this cutoff period where I'm very much inside my own experience right so how about when it's all over and you look back and you're like okay that was eight hours does it seem like eight hours does it seem longer definitely seems like eight hours oh okay like that seems about I don't right. feel like any missing time right or anything like that okay I would say the night roughly breaks down into usually about an hour for it to start taking effect mm-hmm. and then you have sort of a Half an hour to an hour of the really pleasant, mild, just visual Mm -hmm. sensations. And then you have maybe an hour and a quarter of the really just brutal, awful Uh effect. (laughs) Great. And then you come out of that and there's just this long sort of dizzy, drunk, goofy Positive connections, funny things, happiness. Oh, Oh, that's when you want to do push-ups. And that lingers two to three hours. But taking more cups can then kind of mess with that. Sure, of course. Yeah, yeah. Change a little bit. But I I would say that's That's kind of... That's interesting that there's sort of a predictable little pattern there, though. At at least for me. For you, At least for the first three nights, I would say that's kind of... Oh, foretelling about (laughs) night four. and, And also talking to other people and hearing their reactions. I think that's roughly... The pattern of what ayahuasca is doing. It's to interesting you. because we got so much build up to what this would be like, but I haven't heard anyone else explain it in that sort of step by step way except you. And obviously, people are talking about other experiences where they're having psychic surgery, right? Or they're getting a new heart, yeah, or having long with their soul talks with God, something like that, right? So at this point, it started going dark where I was going into the awful period Mm. and so I remember one thing that I felt that night really strongly was a sensation of disgust just utter disgust and what I was picturing was sort of my face smushed into a heaping pile of greenish yellow goo that was just decaying and putrefying and bubbling up yeah and I think maybe at this point I had gone through the urge to purge Uh Uh, other people were vomiting already and I want to say the music is off at this point I don't know. Whatever music it is, it's making me miserable. Oh, God. So, yeah, I think I had gotten into that squatting position to throw up. And so I think, yet again, I had my face pushed down against the mattress. And so I'm picturing myself just in this endless world, like Wally with all of the trash. But oh, it's, terrible. It's just full of putrefaction. And I want to puke so badly. Oh, God. 
God. But I can't for whatever reason. My stomach isn't getting to that point. Uh-huh. I just feel like I need to throw up. Right. So that went on for a really long time. Oh, that's terrible. I'm sorry, Ross. And then I remember I went to this feeling of aloneness utterly cut off from everything else and and like other people didn't even exist in my mind Mm. and I remember there was this it was sort of a a tower with something like a loudspeaker attached to it but the loudspeaker was emanating these rays of kind of combined disgust and aloneness Mm. and I remember trying to turn away from it and I, I was sort of in a swampy area and I just wanted to like not get hit with this ray of Aloneness. Aloneness. And I just remember thinking like, oh, no, don't do it. Don't do it. But nope, you get wrapped into it and it's just hitting you and you're feeling like you're just alone and miserable and everything is awful. And uh, God, yeah, yeah, it's 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 a horrible feeling. It's all just dark and swampy green. And how long do you think that part lasted? Any sense? Maybe 20 minutes. Okay. Oh, that's a long time to feel disgust and alone. Yeah. And oh, the I think the worst was then confusion. Oh, where there would be so many stimuli, all of these different quick thoughts and visuals coming in and trading places and taking over my vision and then being replaced by something else. And I lost any sense of where I was Hmm. or even like where my limbs were, where I was supposed to be, but I was uncomfortable about it. It's not like I'm just floating freely in space, right? It's just this chaotic I've lost my body and I need it back exactly like oh I don't even know where I am or who I am and that was I think the worst like I just hated that because it was just so confusing and panicking uh God. yeah so I think ayahuasca just really drives you to these pure emotions yeah and those were the most significant ones the isolation the disgust and the confusion this is all very crazy it is but you know what else is crazy hmm the internet. Exactly. The internet's nuts. How did we get here? How can we get so much information? How can we can all talk? But we're in different parts of the world. It's mind-blowing. What if I want to add my information to the internet? I want to contribute. I want to make a website. Now you are speaking my language, and I have an answer for you. Okay. Squarespace. Oh, yeah. Squarespace. They let you sell products and services of all kinds. They let you announce upcoming events or special projects. Anything you want to do with a website. Maybe you want to make a site of fan fiction about Ono, Ross, and Carrie. Well, you can. Hmm. Ono, Ross, and Carrie's fanfic.biz. I just got like a little concerned when I thought about, <laughs> oh no, what are they going to write about us? But you could do that at Squarespace and no one's going to stop you. And it would be beautiful because you'd be using customized templates Created by world-class designers. Exactly. And you'd be able to read it on your cell phone because everything Squarespace does is already optimized for mobile. Did you know that? Did you know that? And if you're the first person to buy that domain, it'll be easy to do. There's a whole new way to buy domains and choose from over 200 extensions. So if you want .onrack, maybe. But if you want .net, .biz, yeah. .vero, Is that a thing? .laser, I don't know. They've got 200, maybe. .wamo, .book, .info. And you get the secure hosting. You don't have to patch or upgrade anything. That all happens automatically. They handle all that stuff. They keep you safe. Exactly. And if you got a problem, just talk to them. You know, they're nice people. So go to squarespace.com for a free trial, and when you're ready to launch, use the offer code ONO to save 10% off your first purchase on a website or a domain. 
That's squarespace.com, enter code, oh no, O-H-N-O. And back to the show. So when you're having these visions, is there a you that you see or is it just all through your eyes? Do you know what I'm asking? Yeah, it's all through my eyes. Okay. At times I'm aware of myself and at times I'm not. At times I have more executive functions and can be aware of the situation, what's happening. And you've been describing it in terms of like a camera point of view. It Does it literally look like a screen? No. Like okay. I don't see pixels or anything like that. Right. But I am drifting around. There are moments where it feels like it bleeds past the screen, past the proscenium. And I realized like, oh, it's come into my world and it's totally enveloped oh, me. Oh, wow. So there were moments where the disgust or the loneliness it felt like they were breaking some kind of barrier uh-huh. and taking over Very me. Very Brechtian. At that point, I would realize, oh, I wasn't as immersed before as I am now. So something just happened. Oh, weird. Okay. Yeah. And I would say, I think if you tried to talk to me in those moments, I would have been unresponsive. I think I was so inside my own head at that moment. Wow. I keep thinking these drugs must do something that gives you that impression of that proscenium that you interpret as a TV screen or a play or whatever, because Jerry had such a similar experience on Iboga. Yeah. And, and then I heard like other, people other people talking about a computer. That. Yeah. Another issue was just remembering to breathe. So I had that same issue the mm. second night where I'd be short of breath and I'd realize like, oh, no, I haven't breathed for a while. <gasps> And so I started taking it up as a mantra saying, breathe, Mm. just breathe. So I'd kind of say that to myself and I'd maybe there'd be part of me that would worry that someone else had heard me doing that, saying that. (laughs) Observe that sacred silence. Yeah, I was still mortified from having broken the sacred (laughs) silence. So I would try to just kind of mutter quietly to myself, breathe, breathe. And if I at least could make it sort of a mantra chant, then it would come back and you know, remind me to take breath, but constantly I felt short of breath. Do you think you actually were not breathing? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I think so. I wonder if you could have just like... Passed out. Passed out, yeah, or I if your body know. would have taken over. But yeah, it didn't feel automatic. It felt like I really had to consciously think about breathe. It. Another thing that I had geared myself up with, is someone had mentioned breathing out gratitude. And so I would breathe in, and then I would think, thank you. Thank you. Or sometimes the word gratitude. But as I would say thank you, which is probably the most uttered word of that night, I would see it rush out as a big white font. Oh, cool. In all caps. And I even recognized the font face. It was Rockwell. Oh, Rockwell. I'll have to look that up. I've used it a lot lately at work. So I guess that's what my brain decided. This is going to be your font tonight. And this large, bold thank you would project out over whatever it was I was looking at. Ooh, I like that kind of font. It looks very typewritery. Yeah. So uh, occasionally gratitude would come out too. But that was me trying to say, okay, thank you, Mother Ayahuasca. I'm just going to go along. I'm going to accept whatever it is you have to give me. So there are many different with the scenes I could describe. I remember one thing that came up was I was in the middle of a town, city square, or something like that with cobblestones, and there was a large, not wheelbarrow. That's weird. I was going to say wheelbarrow. Yeah, Must it, be how you were holding your hands. It's like a giant wheelbarrow mixed with a, a cart or wagon. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Where, yeah, someone would be selling flowers from it or something. Right, yeah. or, or collecting your dead or something like uh-huh. that. And there was this humongous pile of pigs but they were sort of fake cartoonish pigs okay like with cartoonishly round bellies well this is exciting there was a pig in my vision and holotropic breathing right that's right and so they were just piled ridiculously kind of breaking the laws of physics so it created this gigantic almost spherical shape of pigs happy and alive uh, well they're cartoon 
I, I mean, like, but they weren't like it wasn't the dead bodies of pigs. No, okay. I'd, I'd say they were closer to like a, being a piggy bank almost, oh, but okay. kind of a squishy, uh-huh, rubbery uh-huh. piggy bank. Got so it. they were all mounted on top of each other. And the vision I saw, the, the words that appeared were sometimes there is enough. Oh, so I guess there were enough pigs. I, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> well, OK, if it's like a piggy bank, I mean, that feels more like money or your needs met resources. You know, I think the way I was interpreting it in my mind, the the meaning I was getting from it is that things don't always need to grow and expand. Ah, uh, yeah. Continue. Sometimes it's just enough, you know, to have a Starbucks on every corner. Right. <laughs> and you're good. You can right. stop making Starbucks now. Right, right, right. And so it, maybe it was this kind of subtle critique on capitalism. Maybe. And the, the stock market. I don't know. but <laughs> and, and it kept rephrasing itself in my mind in different ways. But it, they were all variants of enough is enough or sometimes there is enough. Or yeah. You can stop now. Or yeah. <laughs> I mean, was. could also just be being, you know, happy with where you are in your life instead of looking for more. Right. Yes. Yeah. I think that was definitely part of my revelation there. So that was another gift from the mother. Very nice. And I think what's also our grandma. I'm confused mm, about my relationship to her. That's true. Yeah. I'm my own grandpa. Is that a song? Yeah. Or are you just singing? You've never oh. heard the I'm my own grandpa song? I don't think so. There's this very complicated formula by which turns out he is ah, actually his own grandfather. How fun. <laughs> I think it was um, Tom Arnold who sang it. Oh, the, the who used to be married to Roseanne Barr. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah I think that was him. Huh. So eventually I started coming out of that and having lighter, happier visions. I was seeing trees. I think the music was getting a little happier too. It feels like they make the playlist knowing you're going to go into this awful oh, yeah. space where you hear other people puking and that becomes part of your vision and they've got to play music that's either quiet or seems almost like dark and insidious, but maybe I, I feel like I was making up the dark insidious music and that was just in my head. Yeah, it seems like they're trying to direct the experience. Like maybe oh, there's already yeah. a structure a bit to it. And but... doing so effectively. Yeah. One thing I did notice is that this night, I didn't have the really hard time with moving. Like, I didn't feel that heaviness, that leadenness that I felt the first night. Oh, okay. So I was like, oh, that's cool. I can move around. So I'm feeling a little better, and I've gotten out of this funk. And I'm thinking, actually, I, I tried writing at this point because I had a moment of lucidity. Like, oh, cool. You're I can, good. Yeah, I can move around and, like, be a person again. So I wrote, going to try writing. Can't see. Dark. Been having many lush visions of vignettes with choices I can't make. Locust landed on window by Sean. He knocked it away. Dog walking around. Moment of being able to think more clearly. I think I could get up and walk. Would be good time to have cup number two. Lesson, you don't always need to make a choice. Mm-hmm. All right, so then okay. they did finally offer the second cup. And so I'm... So about how long into the experience do you think? I would say it was an hour and a half, Okay, maybe. And so I wobbled up there and I was, at this point, I was just grooving with the music. And so yeah, man. got my neck moving around, my head moving around. I'm kind of dancing a little bit, moving my arms. Oh, yeah. <laughs> As I'm in line, just grooving. So I get up to the shaman and he says, how, how are you feeling? And I say, oh, I've seen many things, all, all pleasant. I don't know why I said all pleasant. That mm-hmm. wasn't true. But, you know, <laughs> I was still feeling pretty good at this point. And he said, okay, all right. And so he got me a second cup, and it was a little smaller. Okay. I thought, yeah, I'm ready for more. Let's do this. Mm-hmm. And so had my second cup, and I sat down for a bit, but then I thought, no, I really, I could walk around. I should, 
I should go outside again. Yeah. Let's let's see how the stars look, you know, now that I'm more in the moment yeah, yeah. and I've got a fresh cup. So I go outside and this time Orion is directly overhead <gasps> and I'm like, yeah, it's you and me, Orion. So this time I lay down. The previous night I didn't like laying down. I wanted to stand and look at the stars. But yeah, I just laid down on the sidewalk next to the kind of wooden dock, whatever it is, of the building and uh, stare up at the stars and I try a few times to see if I can jump up at them. Mm-hmm. That doesn't work. Like physically? Do you like stand up? Well, like or? in a vision. Oh, okay. You, like Out of body kind of thing. Jerry was saying that Muganda was telling him to leap towards the stars. Right, right. And so that seemed to be something we could supposedly do. So I tried to do that, but that didn't work. But I was still hearing the music bleeding out of the doors of the building and the stars would sort of not dance around they'd sort of pulsate or move with the music a little bit and areas of the sky would sort of disappear for a bit and i'd only see orion and then i'd see like sort of the right half of the sky so it was cool man i, I was really enjoying the stars so orion thing yeah. i feel like if you were a different person right now you would have an orion tattoo because of this experience oh yeah totally yeah and i was sort of grooving out too so i'm you can picture me i'm just on the ground yeah rocking back and forth my hands are sort of dancing with the music and making waving motions Ross is kind of dancing like Linus from Peanuts. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, I was there grooving with the stars for a while. And then I remember the stars started getting out of sync with me and they'd sort of stutter and jitter and it started getting uncomfortable and I didn't feel as friendly with the stars anymore. It's like, oh, I thought thought we were going to do this forever, guys. Oh, no. They weren't rejecting me. But it's just we no longer had this connection. I was kind of pulling back into my body again. We're like, oh, wait, I just remembered I have my own star, the sun. Go back there. (laughs) Maybe that's it. I'm cheating on it. And so I was also feeling just waves of cold air come over me because it was very windy. And I started to think, oh, I'm not fully comfortable. I should probably get back inside. I had my my Amigo with me. I didn't feel nauseous at that point, but I brought it with me just in case. Mm -hmm. You're supposed to keep your Amigo with you. So I can't get back up and walk. I'm feeling incapacitated now. But I grab my Amigo and I'm sort of crawling along the ground on all fours. Mm -hmm. But I just remember the leadenness coming back. And all of a sudden, I slumped down on the ground next to my Amigo. And I was having my own visions. And I was like crawling into the ground and that kind of stuff. And I'm not sure how much time passed, but I think a lot of time. Mm -hmm. And then I started crawling again i think someone came by to ask if they could help me oh geez and i said no 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 i'm good i, I can do this and so i started right crawling. i want to be man yeah i started crawling back again towards this deck and it has these giant step well one giant step and then you're on the deck so i got up the first step and then my upper body just sort of collapsed on the edge of the deck <laughs> and so i gave it up again and just kind of laid there and let the visions happen for a while and i thought okay okay that's Try again. I can I can get back. So I get across the threshold, and I'm where the bathrooms are, mm-hmm. and people are in line for the bathroom. I think I'd use the bathroom earlier. So I don't need to go to the bathroom, but I'm next to the bathroom, and I sort of collapse there again. Mm-hmm. And I think I was there for a long time. And the next thing I remember was one of the helpers coming, and she leans over me, and I see her face, and it just feels like really close and really oh, wow. big. And it's weird because I'm just I'm not used to seeing humans or thinking about humans. And so I create this weird overlay where she becomes like an Avatar-like character. Whoa! She's not wait like Avatar the movie. Yeah, she's not blue, but she's got 
kind of like lizard features. She's like half alien with big eyes, and there's also all these overlays, kind of like it's a screen memory. No, right? So she's kind of white and palish. And at the same time, I realize she's a human, but I'm also seeing her as this kind of alien creature. And there are these overlays, like interface overlays. So little lines that are teal in color and triangles, and they're moving around sort of like a minority report sort of graphical overlay. You know, like the little pop-up display comes and it rotates around it. And it was like a foresty world. I was picturing all these trees around and it was ethereally lit. Yeah, that that was pretty cool. You know, I went to Pandora recently at Disney's Animal Kingdom. Ooh, I've heard it's amazing. So I remember she asked me, where where would you like help going? Mm -hmm. And I said, I'm right here. Ah, because you had been taught that sometimes it's enough. (laughs) And so I kind of not fainted as I said that, but I just felt like all my strength throughout of me, I'd sort of prop myself up on my elbow and I just fell over and slumped on the ground (laughs) right in front of the bathroom Uh, where they didn't want me, I'm sure, uh because I'm blocking the way for other people. And I felt as I was doing it, like that was not a satisfactory response. That's not what she wanted to hear. <laughs> but that's what my body's going to give me. And I just kind of lay there muscleless, like I couldn't move at all in this little heap. Not sure how much time went by. I would guess maybe another 10 minutes, 15. Okay. I don't know how long they put up with it. But eventually they did kind of see that I was looking around again. They said, oh, okay, well, would you like to go to your bed? We could help you to your bed. <laughs> and this time I finally said, yes, please. Thank you. Oh, Thank nice. you. And so they picked me up. She on one side. So we're going to call her Robin. She grabbed one side. She's a, a tall, very thin, white-haired woman. And yeah, a little bit older than the others. I think she maybe had my left side. And the shaman actually came and grabbed my right side. And they helped sort of hobble me over to my bed. And I slumped down there. But I was happy. All right. You know, this wasn't miserable at this point. It was just, you know, I'm delirious and seeing weird forests and stuff. So I'm seeing it all from my bed again now. Nice. Robin also apparently is like really into feathers. They told us that Robin might come and touch you with feathers. Okay. She didn't touch you with feathers? No. Hmm. Not that I, hmm, that's interesting. You know what? Actually, at the end of the night, she did ask if she could wave some feathers at me. And then she kept asking me like if there's something else I need. And I thought, well. What are you getting at? Yeah, what what am I supposed to ask for? I don't know. (laughs) But yeah, she it was kind of like those little sessions they had with us after the holotropic breath work. Uh Uh-huh. And so, you know, they they're wanting something that they can help you with. I was like, I don't know. I don't know. Oh right. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, this was all fairly pleasant. So I'm having more rich imaginations and I'm just going around these various forest places or crawling underground. I'm doing all these things in my head. And they call for the third cup. And oh. I think, hey, I'm still feeling kind of light and okay. You know what? Let's do it. This will be the night I just go all the way. Well, before you do, yeah, I am liking this show, but I also like other shows. I uh, do as well. And I was thinking maybe you could recommend to me something that I could listen to, something I'd really enjoy. Oh, oh you know what? I know just the thing. Check this out. Going into a bullseye interview, I know it's somebody who does amazing work. But it's an actual conversation. I don't know where it's headed. <laughs> hey, these are this is this, this is the straight talk that that you're going to get on this show. Does that make sense? I feel like I'm in therapy. <laughs> I think you, you I got more out of you than the therapist I went to twice. <laughs> <laughs> Bullseye. Creators, you know. Creators, you need to know. Find it at maximumfun.org or wherever you get podcasts. I checked, and that is very good. You're welcome. Thank you. 
So you were saying you went up and got the third cup. Thank you. <laughs> Gratitude. Breathe. Rockwell font. I was saying that <laughs> I was saying that a lot that night. Aw. Thank you. That's nice. Just breathe, breathe. Thank you. <laughs> so yeah. You I, could make a big lesson out of just that if you wanted to. Oh oh totally. Yeah. Anyways, so I went up for the third cup and I'm still doing my little dancing thing and, and I get up there finally and he says how are you doing? And I think this time he's a little more worried because he's uh-huh. seen me collapse for a right, long time. Right, right. And no, I'm right here. Know that he had to help drag me back to my bed. And so I say, Oh, yeah, I've been seeing more things, but you know, still all good. And I realize I'm sounding very hippie ish and, uh-huh. and right, high, man. but yeah, I've got nothing more substantial to tell him. And, and so you are high. And so he says, Okay, okay. So. He turns around and he comes back. And this time there's like one finger in the glass. It's a very small <laughs> glass. I found out later there was another guy who I interacted with a lot. Sweet guy. He had really gone wild and flopped around that night. People had to help him and he fell back at one point. They oh, were re- really worried about him because he kind of hit his head on the was ground. Was this an Australian guy? No. Oh, okay. Because uh, there were a lot of Australian people in our group, and there was one guy who I heard talk of like how wild he was. You know what? I think I know exactly who you're talking about. Uh, and yes, he was wild. He was running around in his underwear. Yeah, yeah. he did crazy the next, things. The next day, he talked about how he just felt so sexy. He oh, had to get I, in his underwear because okay. he was so sexy. He's got the long, almost dreadlock type hair. I think so. Yeah, I think we're thinking of the same person. Anyways, no, this is a very different guy. I think he was Asian, had very short, black, cropped hair. But... He had had maybe a bit too much, and he had gone and asked for the third drink, and they wouldn't give it to him. Oh, uh, yeah. They're like, ah, oh, you're good. You're good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So at least I got Cutting the- you off, man. I got the extra little sip of ayahuasca, and went back, laid down in bed, had some more visions. I, you know, I did get another big message, and I wrote this down. Not everything needs a purpose. I remember you telling me about that the next day. I think that's a really nice lesson. Indeed. Though I did write, not everything needs a pup rose. <laughs> This well, is, that's true, too. This is in the dark. So, you know, I was trying my best. I'm not sticking with the lines too well here. I think sometimes we overanalyze things and look for their meaning or, you know, where they fit in. Yeah, not everything has to have a purpose. So, that, yeah. yeah, that was a let good revelation. Some, yeah, let some things just be. So, stayed in that high state for a long time, probably hours. Eventually, you do get to the point where, all right, I'm kind of out of this. Can we stop now? You're hearing other people go through various stages of their experience. There was rippling laughter that went through the room for a while. It kind of started over fun. to the right on that end where we'd been the previous night. Uh-huh. Heard a lot of people laughing over there. And yeah, it would just turn into this cacophony of laughter. Oh, very laughter yoga. Yeah, there was an even bigger one the third night that got wild. And I even got caught up in it for a bit. Nice. Then you'd hear people crying, people mm-hmm. throwing up. So mm-hmm. all of those ambient sounds and the music going on. But yeah, I was... I was feeling pretty chill. All right. Yeah. Well, all good. Right. Is Sean still next to you this whole time? Well, I had left him for quite a long time for my <laughs> journey into journey the wilderness. Journey to Orion. It, yeah, and to the Avatar planet or wherever I was. <laughs> uh, and he describes in his article uh, kind of what was happening to him that night. Definitely recommend checking that out and reading his experience because everyone has a different experience, but mm-hmm. they're kind of related. He was seeing people and he was working out like a relationship issue with his wife times when he had missed chances to show her love or be there or interact Mm. so yeah he was seeing far more human interaction than i did in my visions interesting you know it's very interesting because i took the tincture the first night yeah as we all know it's really powerful it's really potent (laughs) and i did see people but they were all laying down on mats 
and not moving and some were vomiting and mm-hmm. some were laughing and some were crying. Mm-hmm. So I did have a human experience. Sure. Yes. Mm-hmm. I've got the tincture right here. You want some? Do you now? Yeah. yeah. Let's do it. Okay. I'm going to spray under my tongue. Hit me up. 10 times if you want the dose that I had. 10. The Whoa. first night. We should have Which, done this at the start of our recording. Probably. But let's see. Okay. Ready? That's a lot of liquid. Okay. My turn. Yeah, it's gross. Wait till we tell you later how we scored these. Oh, yeah. Carrie did some fine work there. (laughs) Okay, so you do it under your tongue? Under your tongue. Okay. Ten times. Gross, right? Oh, wow. Yeah, it's gross. It's just like uh, rubbing alcohol. Yeah, I think it tastes like really cheap vodka. (laughs) But mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. I asked Gary about it. Ooh, you hold it here for a long time? I think so. You got to let it soak in. Okay. Well, here you go. Here's your... Thank you. I asked Gary about it. I said, I thought it tasted like cheap vodka. And he said, yeah, that's like this local um <laughs> Locally sourced alcohol. Yeah, so it's something they've got that they just use to make it dry quickly, I imagine. This is a preview of what this show will sound like in many, many years. <laughs> <laughs> when we are a hun- hundred two. Oh, I hope we're still making a show where I are two. Which one Can of I us do you think yet? will die first and have to give a little eulogy for the other? Mm. You know, I hadn't given it thought, but one of us has to die <laughs> one first. One of us has to do it. Unless we die in one of our investigations. Oh, that's true. Simultaneously. Uh, you know, I, I don't know. Oh, okay. You I got, think, yeah. Mine went down. Out. Okay. okay cool that was that was dark carrie i don't know (laughs) i I don't want to i don't want to place a bet on it all right fair enough um but the listener can so not everything needs a pup rose true not everything needs a pup rose so finally they come around and they do ring the bells i think oh good at this point at this point i'm definitely more in my cup so to speak than i was a previous night at the same time because Mm -hmm. i've had three cups or two in a fraction But they call us all to attention, and I'm feeling I'm ready to go back to my room. You know, yeah, let's go write out the rest of this at, mm-hmm. at home, quote unquote. And so they call us again to all get in a big circle. So he does his, you know, talking very quickly and, and very softly and saying little things like this. And people <laughs> laugh at it. And, oh, what did he say? You know, th- that mm-hmm. kind of thing was happening again. He mentioned something about his Taita, who drives up from Colombia. So over time, I realized the Taita is... So their papa, their father, head shaman, guru, person. yeah, uh, yeah. I was, I was hoping he'd wrap it up really quick because he did a better job at the intro, mm-hmm. getting through it. But no, we oh, went. Oh, good. We went on for a, oh, quite a while. Great. Yeah. Great. M- maybe another forty minutes. So Ugh, hearing hearing people's experiences. Yeah. So people were sharing some of their stories, and so that was all fine. One person asked, "I love this. So why did you have the separate lines for men and women?" Mm-hmm. Well, what's the rationale there? It should yeah. be an interesting answer. He said, I like to serve the men and the women first. What? That was his answer. What? <laughs> that made no sense. I like to serve the men and the women first. Yep. What? Yeah, no, I, I worked on that. It doesn't make any sense. You can't make sense huh. out of that. 
And there was some other kind of evasive answer that was equally unsatisfying. Uh-huh. And the, the, you could just tell the person was like, all right, well, I had, <laughs> I had my chance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't feel like I can tell you that wasn't a sentence. And that's my only option here. <laughs> right. <laughs> Let's remember he was also taking the ayahuasca. Uh, the that's ayahuasca. True. So who knows? Someone asked where the music came from. Uh-huh. And he said that the playlist for that night came from scottysmith.info. Oh, <laughs> He said, most of the songs are there. Okay, I'm going to look that up right now. I went there, and that's where I pulled the song that we played on our previous Ayahuasca Trip episode mm. at the very end. Uh, so there's a YouTube playlist of maybe like 41 songs. And if I play through them, some I do recognize from the Ayahuasca Trip. Oh, did it take you right back? Some I do not. Yeah, I, I remember being almost a little worried, like, what will happen if I listen to this music later? Especially on this tincture. Yeah, I've come to actually really like a few of these songs, including the one I put at the end of that other episode. This is one of them. I am... I'm looking at a turtle. Oh, now I'm looking at a parrot. Oh, they're just very new agey songs. Some of them do talk about ayahuasca, though. So clearly it's compiled for this purpose. Yeah. I know there were a lot of songs about ayahuasca at the first one. People were really curious about the music and wanted to get that. Yeah. Skipping ahead. Oh, I remember this one. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, I remember that one. Yeah, that almost that sounds like a church night. song there. It might be. <laughs> I doubt it, but yeah, it sounds like it could be. So uh, another thing we learned is that the ancestors are really happy that we're doing this work. Oh, good. So when we do ayahuasca, we make the ancestors so, just super happy and When proud. you look up in the sky and the great kings of the past are in those stars, <laughs> you can know that they are very happy with you. No, because they're fireflies. Because you back fireflies. and Stuck became the one true king. Big bluish black thing. Forget it. With you, everything's gas. <laughs> I also wrote down, oh yeah, I don't think this was helping with the breathing. I had a lot of blockage in my throat. I think left over from my very sore throat when I came out. Right. That wasn't helping with the breathing at all. But yeah, that was uh, that was pretty much the, the whole day. I went back to my place. And one thing I neglected to mention is because I'd had that cleanse earlier. I had like a few juicy farts <laughs> near the beginning. Uh-huh. Yeah. So I remember going to the bathroom like, oh, I need to get all this stuff out of my system because yeah. I still had all the chlorophyll and the water. It had been a half hour before... This oh wow! Began so yeah, it was all very fresh. My body was still trying to get rid of all this goop that you know, this water that had been yeah shoved up my up butt, your butt for forty minutes. So that was happening during. So when I got back to my room, I remember I sat on the toilet for a while and got rid of some more. Got to keep going. Yep, and finish what you started, man. I noticed every night after, even after the first night, I would have these mild panicky dreams that I sometimes have as you're going into sleep or coming out of it, the hypnagogic or the hypnopompic delusions where I'm really worried about some little thing and I'm fixated on it. Like, mm-hmm. oh, we've really got to fix this. There's a problem with the the web link and oh, what are we going to do about mm-hmm. it? And I'm all obsessed with it. And then I wake up later and realize, oh, there was no web link. Why right. am I so worried about this I have the, When I have a fever, I have those stress dreams. So these stuck with me for a while. Uh, we'll talk gross. about that later. But yeah, I would have that kind of going into sleep and I'd be very very sweaty 
every night. Then again, it's hot there in Costa Rica. It is. And you often forget that air conditioners exist. Yeah, that's true. This is a real thing about Ross. In his car, if it's really warm, I'll be like, hey, can we turn on the air? And Ross will be like, oh, that's right. Yeah, okay. (laughs) I always forget that's there. I'm not one to modify my surroundings. I just kind of... Adapt. You adapt to whatever's going on. So yes, I did wake up in cold sweats a few times, and I'm sure that could have been helped if I turned on the air conditioner. (laughs) Uh, So that was the second night of ayahuasca. Well, that's pretty wild. Meanwhile, I couldn't fall asleep. Oh, so Carrie, I'm so sorry. I mean, thank you for your service, but my night was pretty hard. Oh man, I'm so sorry to hear that. I read To Kill a Mockingbird in bed, and then I. (laughs) How do you do it? How do you kill the mockingbird? Couldn't sleep. Well, you take him to trial, and (laughs) then you misjudge him. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Makes about as much sense as that answer about the men and the women. (laughs) Uh, Actually, when I was a kid, I went to the library with my friend Anne and checked out To Kill a Mockingbird. Yeah. And she said, ah, How to Kill a Mockingbird. I've always wanted to read that. (laughs) It's not called How to Kill a Mockingbird. Right. (laughs) No. Well, that's it for our show. Our theme music is by Brian Keith Dalton. Our editor is Victor Figueroa. And our... Administrative manager is Ian Kramer. Hey, Ian. Hey, Victor. You too. Hi. Hey, Victor. Hi, Brian. What up? You can find us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash onrack. Hi, Mark Zuckerberg. There are pictures. There are articles. We share videos, links to other comments. shows that we've guested on. Exactly. You can just experience so much more so Ross and much or Carrie. Stuff. Exactly. You can also follow us on Twitter at Ono Podcast. That's a good idea. Yeah, you could, we tweet. You could also give us a positive rating on iTunes or Stitcher or wherever it is you find podcasts. Exactly. Or just, you know, tell a friend. Tell hey, your you, friend. you got to listen to this show. Unless your friend is us because we know. We've heard about it. Mm-hmm. And you can also support this and all our investigations by going to MaximumFun.org forward slash donate. D-O-N-A-T-E. Oh, those are the best people. The ones, the ones who that donate? go there. Oh yeah, 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 and yeah, do yeah, that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Those people have merged with their souls. We appreciate all of you donors. If thank you, you so much, become a donor, you will merge with your soul. That is my promise to you. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> it's true. I'd like to see you prove that you didn't afterward. Good luck. <laughs> and remember.
Podcast. I'm Jesse. I'm Jordan. And we've been doing Jordan Jesse Go for almost 10 years now. And it's not gotten any easier to describe. So we asked our fans to do it for us. Jordan Jesse Go is a weekly conversation with two best pals, two hilarious friends, the hilarious smart kids, talking about hilarious stuff that happens to them, mostly really stupid stuff, awkward anecdotes, insane tangents, heartfelt It's like being thrown in the middle of a hilarious conversation between you and your best pal. It's a show that makes me laugh every week, which is pretty rare and wonderful. It might be the best thing on the internet. One of the funniest things you will hear. And it's the best part of my week and has kept me company for the past seven years through all sorts of life. I love those guys. That's Jordan Jesse Go, the comedy podcast that's been named Best of iTunes. Every Monday on MaximumFun.org or your favorite podcasting software. I'll hug you and kiss you and love you. Love you. Love you. Love you. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.